The fresh water report from Lake Casitas. Cold temperatures this week haven't slowed the fishing. It's been pretty decent, said Kurt Ebkin of Casitas Boat Rentals. They're still catching a lot of bass. Most of us anglers have been targeting depths of 20 to 40 feet. Although apparently, Andres Lopez of Newbury Park caught a seven and a half pound bass from the shoreline using a night crawler. Other anglers, Epkin said, are catching smaller fish using drop shot and plastic worms. Parker Marquez of Oakview caught four crappie on a crappy jig. Yay, Parker. story. Welcome back to the Townies podcast. I am Kim Maxwell and I am a Townie. I am a Townie who loves other people's stories. I teach a weekly writing and performance workshop here in my ridiculously small fishbowl of a town nestled in the foothills of Ventura County. And for 25 years, the raw and vulnerable musings of my brilliant and courageous students have sent me home filled with hope. Some of my beloved students are seasoned professionals. Some have never even been on a stage before. But there they are, up in front of a live audience, flinging themselves and their brand new words into the abyss. Their reward? They have been heard. They matter. Their words matter. And the audience? Well, they have just officially been granted permission to do the same. To go out there somewhere and take a big old risk. And that is the sacred exchange between terrified storyteller and gracious audience member. Permission. I love people's stories. Because stories are what connect us. This is the Townies Podcast. Welcome to the Neighborhood. Episode 4, Quite a Character. Today on the Townies podcast, Vaughn's, written and performed by Tara Jeffrey. A singer-songwriter, registered nurse, Pilates guru, brilliant writer, and loyal friend. Oh, what a tiny planet it would be without her. Don't ever go to Vaughn's. <laughs> Boss lady will have a fit. They don't carry all the fancy food and stuff there. You might as well drive off a cliff if you get caught at Vaughn's. <laughs> One time I forgot something and had to go there, and poor boss lady cried. Did you see anyone there who knows me? So looking at the map, you want to go to this store, which has the same name as the other store half a mile away. I'm only going to be gone for two weeks, but if you do what I tell you, you should be fine. Boss Lady knows it's my last daughter graduating from college, NYU. I'm so proud. My Vanessa's going to be a nurse. I told her to get a degree where you can get a job right away. Don't be like your mother and get a degree in astronomy. It's the only time she's ever listened to me. Boss lady was so nice to give me the time off. She'll be pleased as punch with you, Miha. I know you'll do a good job. When you get to the store here, you won't see the tweakers out front like we got on the avenue. 
And there's no line for the food stamp people or cops patrolling around. You're going to see the strangest food here. These people eat some weird stuff, let me tell you. Like the bread, the label, says artisanal and handcrafted, which means it costs twice as much for the same thing. And her husband likes this kind of yogurt made by Greek people. Don't get any other kind. He's never home. I think that's why Boss Lady's so sad. That's why she loved little Waco the Chihuahua so much. He was like her shadow, following her everywhere. She has friends, well, two, but they're mean to her, and they call her an anorexic chicken behind her back. That dog was a better friend to her than those BBs ever could be. That stands for Botox bitches. <laughs> Do not breathe a word of that to anyone. So here's a picture of public enemy number two, Gretchen, also known as medium Botox. The other friend is maximum Botox. Anyway, she just opened a store where you can buy a cotton shirt for $500. Boss Lady bought lots of stuff from her from that store. Gretchen's always hanging around the homeless-looking people in front of that bakery with the $18 lemon bars, and they don't even have decaf there. Oh, before I forget, this is important. When you work at the Christmas party, make sure you watch out for the BB's kids. They're like a pack of rabid wolves. Last year, I caught them stealing jewelry from Boss Lady. They told me that their parents said I was on welfare and the Border Patrol was going to get me. They said, don't worry, she doesn't understand English, she's Mexican. <laughs> Never mind, I'm Russian, Puerto Rican from Queens. <laughs> the only reason I clean for rich people is because Joey lost everything in the stock market crash and ran off with his secretary, leaving me holding the bag. After that, I figured I could be bankrupt in California or Queens. Boss Lady is a friend of mine, friend of a friend, and she pays so good, I figured I'd lay low in California till the seven years was up and my credit was good again. <laughs> Which reminds me, remember, keep your mouth shut. Boss Lady's always asking me questions about what to do. Do you think Mimi will like our new furniture? Should I buy this new car? All I say is, whatever you think's right, ma'am. She's going to have to learn how to think for herself sometime. She's a sweet lady, but don't let her know what you think. Boss Lady always worries about what her Botox lady's friends think of her. She bought them all rings, kind of like you do in the third grade, like wearing the same t-shirt and stuff like that. They all three wear them, and whenever they see each other, they hold out their hands like this, and they say, Hi, love! <laughs> Jesus and Mary, if my Vanessa ever did that as a grown woman, I would chop her finger off. <laughs> Next on the map, you go to Boss Lady's Green Drink. You have to drive a couple of miles. And I hate going to that store. I hate it more than the $18 lemon bar bakery with no decaf. <laughs> don't be afraid, but there's people that hang around in front of that that look like homeless. I don't think they're homeless, though. They're vegans. <laughs> I think they have money because all they do is eat $20 salads and hug each other. <laughs> Just pretend you're Moses pot in the Red Sea when you go in there. And don't even think about getting her green drink from the health food store. <clears throat> I tried to do that once because it's right around the corner, but Boss Lady only likes the green drinks here. You also have to get her chocolates here. They're raw. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> I mean, give me a Hershey bar any day of the week. I just, I just do what I'm told. <laughs> Next, we come to public enemy number one, Mimi also known as Maximum Botox. <laughs> Notice the lips. It's all in the lips. 
She's boss lady's meanest friend. You won't see her at the downtown market, but she comes over to the house all the time, just walking right in without knocking, acting like she lives there. She's always on her phone. You think she's talking to you, but really, she's talking to someone with that earpiece that's glued to the side of her head, like she's some secret service agent or something. I was buying groceries about a month ago when she waltzed in the store with a tennis outfit on looking like old Britney Spears. <clears throat> she wanted to use the bathroom, but she couldn't find the bathroom key. She started to throw a fit. She must have had to go real bad. Probably from all those colonics her and boss lady get all the time. Why you would want to spray water up your ass, I don't know. I, I mean, aren't you just pushing it further up there with all the water pressure? She didn't make it. She shit herself all over the gluten-free bread aisle. The box boys said they had to put a blanket over her from the produce department to cover the mess. Later on, I was putting groceries away, and guess what I found? The bathroom key from the market. Jesus and Mary, I forgot to put it in there after I used it. Oh, well, shit happens, right? <clears throat> after the daily green drink, you go to the organic butcher. Luckily, it's close to the green drink palace. Boss lady only eats organic meat. She cooks it for her husband, but she hardly eats anything. Some days, all she has is that green drink. She used to feed a lot of meat to little Waco, the Chihuahua, too. Boy, I knew little Waco's days were numbered on the 4th of July party. And don't let him even get me get started on 4th of July. Mimi was standing by the pool with a Botox CIA earpiece and spray-on tan. When the dog ran by her, she lost her balance and fell in the pool. She was super pissed off, too. Boss ladies' friends have bad tempers when they don't get their way, especially that Mimi. When she got out of the pool, she told Boss Lady that her dog was psychotic, and if she didn't put the dog down, she'd do it herself. <sighs> Boss Lady had to hide that dog every time Mimi came over. She was so worried you'd think she robbed a bank the way she acted all guilty. She was so afraid of getting caught, she gave the dog to Jose the gardener. Jose lives on a ranch, and the dog is happy there, I guess. She still buys meat for him. Saddest thing ever. She gets out of a yoga class around 11. I usually wait for her with her green drink. You have to make sure it's fresh. I think that's it. That was Tara Jeffrey. Cinderella, written and performed by Kyla Geronimo. Kyla is my son's girlfriend, and apparently I am not allowed to say anything but I'm going to anyway. Kyla is an uber-intelligent, soft-spoken, chocolate-obsessed, freckly bundle of love. She is a keeper. Every time she finds a minute, that's the time when they begin it. <laughs> Cinderella, Cinderella, night and day it's Cinderella. Make the fire, do the mopping, and the sweeping, and the dusting. They always keep her hopping. Oh, what a beautiful film. <laughs> when I was younger, it was my absolute favorite film. So much so that for a while, I did not answer to my own name, but rather to Cinderella. <laughs> I had adopted the name Cinderella as my own and thrown the previous one into the trash can. At gymnastics, the coaches or assistants would call, Kyla, Kyla, but I would not turn around until they said, Cinderella? <laughs> 
One Halloween, my dad made a pumpkin carriage to carry my sisters and myself around to all of the houses. I was Cinderella as I wanted, and my sisters wanted to be the stepsisters because they got to wear makeup. I wore that night a headband with blue ribbon wrapped around and a baby blue fluffy organza dress that looked similar to the one in the movie. And the only reason that I know it was organza was because it is my aunt's favorite fab fabric to work with. It is also my favorite fabric to say, hmm? organza. <laughs> <laughs> my sisters put their beauty marks and red lipstick on and had on strangely patterned plum colored dresses that my grandma had made. And then they got to make their hair the biggest mess they possibly could, which turned into a mini competition. <laughs> the pumpkin carriage had fake jewels hot glue gun to the orange construction paper. It is strange to think now about how I desired the name Cinderella so much that it became my own. It is strange to think that my family supported me with all of this. <laughs> it is strange to think that when I think of family, these are the first memories that wash over my mind. It is definitely strange, but also lovely and comforting and magical. And for my family, I'll leave you with a quote from the wondrous film. I never dreamed it. Surprise. <laughs> oh, how can I ever? Why? Oh, thank you so much. Kyla Geronimo. Morbidly Optimistic, written and performed by Journey Zephyr. So this impeccably homeschooled, Lord of the Rings-worshipping, Howard Zinn-obsessed filmmaking 20-year-old walks into his studio. And we all lived happily ever after. Journey Z. Wadehack tragically passed away of a gunshot wound last Tuesday at... <laughs> at the age of 51. He is survived by three dogs, a cat, and one parrot, known and celebrated for his ability to, quote, say a whole lot of nothing in a very moving way. <laughs> Friends and family almost uniformly remember him as loud, sometimes awkward, and frequently inebriated at gatherings. <laughs> Journey really had a way of making you think, said Liam Bernstein, a longtime client and friend. He always felt it was important that people understand just how smart, patient, and modest he was, <laughs> or, or wanted to be. One time he was explaining Socrates' cave to me in minute detail while we were out birdwatching near Havana, when he suddenly said, but you probably wouldn't know anything about that sort of thing, would you, community college? <laughs> The guy really had a way with words, recalled Todd Burrell, a friend from childhood. He was reading Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations and explaining free market principles to me one time when my little kid brother wandered in and, I'll never forget, Journey told him to get your stupid slut face out of my face, peasant thing. He really felt that it was important that we all make learning a cornerstone of our daily lives. When I was going through my divorce, Journey was always there with something to say, Burrell continued. When my ex finally signed the papers and things were really actually done, I was broken inside. 
Journey was there to remind me not to cry. He told me that divorces like mine are not uncommon because most people are vapid and reactionary animals. Just like me. And I, that I really shouldn't worry. I'll never forget the way he stood there in the darkest months of my life. Shh. Crying is for people who had something meaningful to lose in the first place. That was one of his favorite sayings. We lost a real local hero last Tuesday, said Stephen Gall, the mayor of Odenkirk, Journey's hometown of 30 years. I can still remember when the referendum to downsize the city's budget for elderly care and housing came to the floor. Most of the town was against it, but it was Journey's eloquent way with words that finally convinced enough city council members to pass the motion. Now, thanks to Journey, we are a hip town with a majority of residents under 50. Back then, most people weren't really aware of the value the enrichment that comes with golf club memberships and a greatly lessened population of senior citizens. He really made the case that this town didn't need any more slow drivers unless they were in golf carts generating tourist dollars. By the end of his speech, everyone was standing and cheering. The fact that our local economy is healthy and youthful today can be credited to Journey almost entirely. Just because your wheels revolve around you doesn't mean the world does. According to Albus Zweig, these life-shaping words were Journey's parting message to him at their high school graduation. Zweig, who lost his legs in a freak Ferris wheel accident, recalls these words as some of the most motivating and important well into his adult life. Now, whenever I drink, I think of Journey. So, so I drink some more. After a high school career with three terms as class president, Journey would go on to attend university at Oklahoma State, quadruple majoring in psychology, American tribal economies in the pre-Columbian era, finance, and internet marketing. After moving to the Southern California area in the spring of 2024, Journey joined and quickly rose through the ranks of the Meriwether Group, LLC, as a lead account man in their marketing branch. He would go on to become a respected name throughout his profession, winning numerous awards for his work with companies ranging from Marlboro to Mars Incorporated, Boeing, as well as numerous political campaigns. However, his success in the office was mirrored by trouble in his personal life. It was during those 20 years with Meriwether that things really shifted for him, recall, <laughs> recalls Barbara Fischel Wadehack, Journey's ex-wife of 30 years. It was hard to notice from the inside. I mean, who knows if it's the person or the marriage that slowly changes? Probably both, right? <laughs> Citing numerous incidents of what a former major client could only describe as, quote, utterly unprincipled salesmanship and naked charlatanism, <laughs> Mrs. Fischel Wade Hack would later divorce Journey Wade Hack. He stopped wanting to be social. His temper shortened, and soon the only time I ever saw him not working was when he would walk the dogs. <laughs> He loved those animals more the entire time. This was actually very difficult to face back then, but looking, looking back at the occasion, I'm, I'm actually amazed I lived with him for so long. <laughs> After divorcing and retiring early from Meriwether, Journey would spend his remaining years and wealth in solitude, eventually moving to try and undo the warm sentiments he had once so labored to engender towards his former clients. <laughs> You were listening to Journey Zephyr.
Coming up next, Acceptance. Written by Stella Slaughter, performed by Stella Slaughter and Lily Brown. Soul Sisters of our annual multi-family Sespe backpacking camping pilgrimage, Stella and Lily have grown accustomed to bug bites and sand in their pancakes. They love Gossip Girl, Harry Potter World, and Britney Spears. Lucky. Hi, Mom. Going out. Okay, sweetie, what are your plans? I'm going to go see a movie with Melissa. Oh, what movie are you guys seeing? Insurgent. Oh. (laughs) Shailene Woodley looks really great with that short haircut, and I don't judge her at all for it. She's just expressing herself, and at such a young age, I find it really admirable. (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know who else is really great and has short hair is that Ellen DeGeneres? She came out of the closet and she's been very successful. You know, she hosted the Academy Awards two times. Um, yeah, Ellen's great. Yeah, she is. She's like, I'm gay and I'm still going to be a great comedian. Who cares? <laughs> and she's married to that hottie with a lesbian body, Portia DeRozzi. She's a beauty to behold if I've ever seen one. So tell me about your dating life. Any cute people that have sparked your interest? Uh, Well, I've been dating Alex for a while now. Oh, Alex. I haven't heard about this Alex yet. How long have you two been dating? Like three months now. Wow, that is quite a commitment. That is so brave of you, stepping out of your box like that. Love you. So describe this Alex to me. Well, Alex is tall and blonde with these piercing blue eyes. Very masculine, but also sensitive. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, and Alex coaches a Little League safe softball team. Well, this Alex sounds great. Why don't you have Alex over for dinner one day? Yeah, I'm sure Alex would love that. What kind of food does she like to eat? Uh, I'm sure he'll eat whatever. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Sweetie, sweetie, you've lost Alex is my boyfriend. Girlfriend. No, boyfriend. Mom, what do you mean? (laughs) Sweetie, sit down. (laughs) I've been doing some research on the whole, you know, lesbian thing. And I guess there's a certain kind of lesbian called a lipstick lesbian that looks and acts really feminine, but is still a lesbian. No short haircuts, no leather jackets, no arm tattoos. They shave their armpits, they wear ball gowns and lipstick, hence the name, but they're still attractive to women, just like you. Excuse me? Come on, sweetie. I've known for really quite a while now that that you uh, play for the other team. (laughs) I just want you to know that I accept you and I support you no matter what. I voted against Prop 8. Mom, I'm not a lesbian. Sweetie, you don't have to hide anymore. It's okay. I know you're probably worried about what your father thinks, but don't. We are so with the times, your father and I. I'm voting for Hillary Clinton. She's a lesbian. What? (laughs) No, she's not. Her haircut speaks otherwise. She's married to Bill Clinton. He's probably a beard. (laughs) Mom, you are being so offensive right now. Offensive or accurate? Offensive. Mom, I hate to break it to you, but not everyone is a lesbian, including me. I'm not a lesbian. Yes, you are. But it's okay. What the hell, Mom? Why would you think that I'm a lesbian? Because of all the signs. What signs? You dressed like a boy when you were younger. 
Uh, that's called being a tomboy? You played a lot of sports. Very normal. You're in the Gay Straight Alliance Club. It's literally filled with gay people. It's also filled with straight people. <laughs> but sweetie, you're the president. Because I believe in equality, that doesn't mean I'm gay. Okay, well, it wasn't just the clothes and the sports and your little gay club. <laughs> you had a crush on me and not your father when you were younger. Ew! Mom, I did not have a crush on you. Why would you phrase it that way? <laughs> you like to hang out with me instead of your father. Is that better? I guess, but Mom, that doesn't mean I'm a lesbian. That just means I wanted to spend time with you instead of Dad when I was eight. You should take that as a compliment. Well, it wasn't normal. The parenting book said that young girls are supposed to prefer their fathers. Who cares? Not every kid does exactly what a parenting book says they will. Maybe not, but that was a sure sign that you're gay. <laughs> oh my god. No, I'm not. You're acting insane. Whoa, Missy. I understand that your homosexual hormones are ablaze. <laughs> but there is no need to take it out on me. There are no such things as homosexual hormones. They're just hormones. And I wouldn't have them anyway because I'm not gay. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Why are you so sad on the idea of me being a lesbian? Because I support you and I love you, not in spite of you being gay, but because you're gay. <laughs> but mom, I'm really not gay. <laughs> you know what? Tell Melissa to come inside. You guys don't have to keep the secret anymore. You can make out right in front of me. I don't care. <laughs> and if you want some privacy, I can leave you here and go get some drinks with my girlfriend. Different kind of girlfriends. <laughs> Mom, that's not necessary because Melissa God, and I... I'm so glad you finally come out of the closet. I can't wait to tell my readers. Okay, so I did not come out of the closet. Uh, okay, hold up. What readers? <laughs> the readers of my blog. What blog? I started a blog for mothers of closeted teens. You what? Yeah. It's called LGBTM. What does the M stand for? Moms. <laughs> Mom, delete it. But sweetie, I can't. I have, I have a pretty big following. How big? Several thousand followers. What? <laughs> I can't just abandon them. They really depend on me. But mom, it's not right for you to keep it going. I'm straight. Okay, sweetie. <laughs> I am! Delete your blog! I can't! Joseph Gordon-Levitt wants to make an indie film based on it. Isn't that great? Wait, really? Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Yeah. <laughs> He's so handsome, not that you would notice. And even better looking in person. You've met him? Yeah! If you were over for dinner more and not out with your lesbian lovers, you'd know that. <laughs> I do not have lesbian lovers! Right. Lesbian lover. Melissa. No, Mom, how many times do I have to tell you that I'm straight? Okay, you're straight. Sorry for pushing you, sweetie. You can come out when you need to. I'm here and ready for you to tell me you're queer <laughs> on your own time. Oh, my God. I'm going to go watch Insurgent, and I'm going to be really attracted to the man because that's what I like. Men, goodbye. Bye, sweetie. Love you. Have fun with your girlfriend, Melissa. Not my girlfriend. Just a girl. That's a friend. Right. Right. Have fun with your friend, Melissa. Crazy kids. <laughs> and you were listening to Stella Slaughter and Lily Brown. Ryan Beegler and Chloe Schneider. When the Townies podcast continues. Oh.
about the artists featured on today's podcast, please visit thetowniespodcast.org. The President, written and performed by Ryan Beegler. Ryan cannot be described as one man. A college student taking too many credits, a dedicated artist who writes his own work when a part doesn't come, and a drag queen to slay them all. Ryan is fiercely talented, and his eyebrows are better than mine. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for attending this emergency meeting of the Women's Committee for the East Hampton Historical Preservation Society. I assure you I will get you back to your loving husbands and respective cocktail hours as quickly as possible. (laughs) As you all know, I am the reigning president of 12 Summers, Pamela Weston Thropp. (laughs) We are here today because it has come to my attention that my dear friend and vice president, Margaret Townsend has openly called into question my leadership. (laughs) Now, Margaret and I have been through a lot together. We were both on the rowing team at Sarah Lawrence. (laughs) We took our young girls to the same etiquette school. We flew first class to Ghana uh, last year to summer. Beautiful country. (laughs) So I am indeed a little bit Surprised that Margaret is choosing to take this course of action, especially considering all the occasions that I have held my tongue on Margaret's behalf. (laughs) And it's not that I'm necessarily disappointed in you, Margaret. Just a little perturbed. Yes, perturbed is just the right word for how I'm feeling at this very moment. I have learned to embrace the constant clashing patterns, the precious floppy hats, and the uninspired commentary on Eat, Pray, Love, and Book Club, but this is just too much. (laughs) I'm not saying I am without faults, but we were all there when Margaret's Yorkshire Terriers caused a ruckus at last year's Yuppie Puppy Charity Gala. (laughs) And let's just say... Mrs. White hasn't gotten the stains off her dress to this day. (laughs) And then there was that incident last summer. I took Margaret as my guest to the annual tennis tournament fundraiser where I was being honored for my extensive philanthropic contributions. There I was in my 2015 Givenchy blazer combo looking quite fabulous. And there she was looking... Oh, so 2003, in a cocktail dress that I personally wouldn't wear, especially if I had Margaret's skin tone. I mean, really, Margaret Maroon? (laughs) I, I did think of asking her, Honey, are you being the best you you can be? But I decided to let her be bold. Of course, she was ravaging my carefully crafted personal brand by standing next to me in that abomination. But still, I let her be. And let's not forget that catastrophe at the last annual Preservation Society dinner. Margaret was put in charge of the place-setting decor, and bless her heart, she placed all the dinner forks on the right! (laughs) No one knew what to do. Left was right, up was down. People were eating their desserts with their salad forks. Mrs. Stevenson cried! (laughs) It was absolute chaos. 
I have saved her from public humiliation time and time again out of the goodness of my heart, but apparently that did not satisfy her. She has accused me of embezzling a large sum of the corpus fund in order to renovate my house. I am aghast at these rumors, and I can assure you they are nothing more than rumors. And even if it were true, Margaret, money can be paid back. Bad taste is forever. (laughs) I think this just serves to show Margaret's true colors, the desperation that must exist inside of you, the desolation you must feel to pounce on a woman who has always been by your side. I've managed to look past your ill-fitting dresses, your crooked teeth, and your flair for all things hideous, hideous, but it wasn't enough. I mean, really, impeachment? Impeachment! What do you want from me, Margaret? You know my life has taken a turn. My husband, Robert, left me for some hussy social worker from Albany. (laughs) My son moved to Hoboken to become a DJ and hasn't called since last fall, and my daughter just changed her major to women's studies, and we all know what that means. <laughs> well, 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 how about we just lay all the cards out on the table? Let's talk about the greeting I received from the police this morning. I was arrested for some phony charges in connection to my soon-to-be ex-husband. I am out on bail right now. Me on bail! So maybe I did dip into the foundation's funds in order to finish off my master bathroom, but what was I supposed to do? I had to have that cloth a tub. I needed that custom vanity. How long was I supposed to live with those awful Venetian marble countertops? What am I, a savage? I have lost the love of my life. My son won't speak to me, and my daughter is a lesbian. And now you want to to take away the one place in my life where I still have some control? I am the leader here! I'm the fucking president! There, I said it. I dropped the F-bomb! Cuff me, drag me away, I'm already a jailbird. An old, poor, bloated felon! Mrs. Jacobs, would you please read the minutes from last week's meeting? (laughs) Thank you, Ryan Beagler. Your Honor, written and performed by Chloe Snyder. Acerbic, smart, and beautiful. This Alaskan native, former model, talented actress, storyteller extraordinaire is now the hilariously bent mother of two. My hero. Well, I speak in Women's Prisons Weekly. Um, I have three letters confirming my community service has been completed. I successfully completed six months of treatment, and I paid my $6,000 fine. And, oh, I was baptized. Yeah. Oh, my God, Your Honor. I survived myself. Oh, 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 and I have a job. 
I'm now fully employed as a licensed esthetician at Betty's Body Waxing Emporium. (laughs) Waxing balls and crotches isn't really my dream job, but I'm working and I'm paying my rent and uh, I don't throw up when I rip the hair out anymore, so it's okay. (laughs) So here I am, Your Honor, and I'm so happy to finally be in front of you after these three years of referral of judgment. I can't wait to prove to you how much I've changed. And I'm not going to be one of your run-of-the-mill recovered felons that thanks you for all these consequences that you put into place. I'm actually, wait, let me rephrase that. Um, See, I'm my own worst enemy, so I tell you it's like I was starring in my own personal fucking lifetime movie that just would not end. And I didn't mean to cuss just now, Your Honor. I won't curse again, I promise. Or I'll try really hard not to. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to represent myself. You see, I have to say the, uh, the DA's making me a little nervous over there flipping through all my paperwork. So, um, it's just, it's probably not wise to go back over all the things I did that brought me here, but they did bring me here and it feels important. So, um, here goes. I ran into Officer Hardly the other morning at the Breakfast Palace. You know, the officer who arrested me for throwing a plate at Big G? Yeah, he's in the report the DA's flipping through. And uh, I just threw that plate and I knocked him right between the eyes. bonk a you know? I left, I left a dent right there, right in the center. And then after that, they took me to the station and I totally went and peed dirty for them. So the two charges, the domestic violence and being under the influence of a controlled substance, and then they confiscated my switchblade, took my $100 bill. God, this sounds really bad, doesn't it? No, 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 this has a point. I promise, Your Honor, I'll get to it. I'll get to it right now. All right, so I remember being shocked when Hardly and his assisting officers put the cuffs on me. I was like, what are you doing? They're like, you're under arrest. And I thought, what, me? Why? Hardly couldn't help but whisper as he cuffed and stuffed me in the back of the car. Junie, what the hell happened to you? And honestly, I couldn't tell him. I didn't know myself. I just glared at Big G out my window, hoping he'd look back at me. But he didn't. A big old dent right between his eyes. <laughs> so, since that adventure was a while ago, when I saw Hardly enter the diner the other day, my heart started pounding real hard. And I tried to blend into the other people waiting for a table. I looked down, dropping my hair over my face as the same old guilt-ridden self-disgust welled up in my throat, feeling all tingly like it was time to run again, you know? And I've developed excellent flight-or-fight mechanisms. <laughs> Most street smart people do. But instead of running, I continued to attempt to blend in. I calmed my flutters as the waitress asked my sister and I to follow her to her table. I pretended to be interested in the menu I was holding in front of my face until she sat us literally in the booth directly next to Hartley. I mean, if he lifted his head, he won't be able to avoid seeing me. And here's the thing. Hardly and I know each other from before I became a lowlife. Yeah. I used to serve his family strawberry shortcake on Sunday. So I used to be respected by people. You know, maybe even loved. Conditionally, but fuck, I'll take it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Your Honor. It's just when I care, I cuss. You know? So... As the waitress fills our coffee, I lean in and whisper to my sister how uncomfortable it is to me, how hard it is to keep bumping into all these people, being such a 
fucking loser. And then when I, that's when I see him stand up out of the corner of my eye. I brace myself. Junie, is that you? <laughs> I sit up straight. I try to make it obvious how much weight I've gained. <laughs> I hope he sees the clarity in my eyes. And I try really hard to look docile and gentle but productive. <laughs> my heart races. My cheeks butch. My palms sweat. What do I say? What do I say? What am I gonna say? Hi. <laughs> no, I'm not. Hi. Hi. That's when he reaches out his hand. He leans down and he hugs me. Well, hello, Junie. Welcome home. I thought I saw you at the farmer's market the other day. And I tell him I have three years sober. And we bump knucks and we talk about parenting and organic food. And we just catch up like he never saw me at my worst. See, forgiveness comes in so many forms. And I can't tell you how much lighter that exchange made me feel. That little act of kindness. And as he walks away, my sister whispers to me, See, I told you, you're the only person that can repeatedly fall in a pile of shit and still come out smelling like a rose. <laughs> I know, I know, Your Honor, I know I didn't fall in a pile of shit. I mean, poop. I didn't, I, it's like I created my own personal poop storm, hurting anybody in my path. And for this, I'm truly sorry. I was wrong. I was so wrong. And that's why I wanted to represent myself today, Your Honor. I didn't want to come in here pretending like none of this never happened, you know? Just, can you turn that down, Your Honor? <laughs> My time. Waited three years for this shit. <laughs> so, I didn't want to come in here pretending like none of this never happened. And the story I told you is one of the softer events that's occurred in my life. Meaning, if you only knew what I've really put myself through. I just wanted to stand here in front of you and say I did all of this. Every word in that there report, it was me. But since then, I'm truly changed. I'm not sure, but I think even maybe transformed. See, I needed this humility to respect this gift called life. And I have learned so much. Yes, forgiveness is wonderful. I feel, it feels great. I would love it if you forgave me. I mean. <laughs> but it's not realistic to believe that others are going to be able to forgive me. And that's not even what this is about. See, I'm working on forgiving myself. And I want to continue to just uncover the authenticity, you know? It got buried. It got so buried. And I didn't realize how important it is just to be real, to be honest with myself. Stop running to outside voices and faces and places to validate who or what I am. I lived that way. And you know what? It was empty and it was cold. And I found solace in the darkness. And because at least the pain was real, you know? And I'm still finding my freedom. And I would love it if you granted me just a little bit more today. <laughs> but I certainly don't expect it from you. I mean, I can't. But you know what, Your Honor? I survived myself. You were listening to the lovely and talented Chloe Snyder.
here's the story. Please join us every other Tuesday for a new round of freshly minted stories. I am Kim Maxwell of Kim Maxwell Studio, and we teach people to launch their stories loudly and unapologetically into the world, to laugh more, risk more, and have bigger lives. The Townies Podcast is co-produced by Lily Brown, Asa Larmonth, and Ken Eros. Studio engineering and mixing by Eros Creative and Sound. The Townies theme song was written and performed by Rain Perry, recorded and mixed by Martin Young, and mastered by Mark Hallman at the Congress House. The Townies podcast is in part made possible by a generous grant from the Ojai Arts Commission and the City of Ojai, a small town with big stories. You can find out more about us at thetowniespodcast.org. Thank you for listening. I think I'm missing a word on there. I think I need to go take a look at my computer. I think it's fine. Just make sure you pronounce the Lee hilariously. Okay, hilariously bent mother of two. sounded like hilarious bent. <laughs> Hello! It's uh, a hilarious bent! <laughs> I am hilarious bent. And you? You, sir? Who are you? Oh, shit's getting British in here, Ken. <laughs> okay. Okay. <sighs>